Welcome to the Career Solutions Podcast. With more than 25 years' experience in career coaching via her own company, managing and leading teams in major corporations, host Marilyn Feldstein will share her experiences, tips, tools, resources, and success stories to inspire you to find the purpose and passion in your career. Welcome to the Career Solutions Podcast. I'm excited to continue discussing taking care of your emotional wellness with Xander Kegg and how important this is to managing your career. My podcast is aired monthly, so please continue listening. Our goal is to focus on what you can do to take charge of your emotional wellness. What we will not do is provide therapy or counseling in these episodes. Our topic today is bullying in the workplace and how this may affect your career and emotional wellness. There are a lot of things to discuss about bullying. However, we'll be focusing on some bullying behaviors and steps you can take to address these behaviors. So let's start with what bullying is and what it can look like in the workplace, as it can come in many forms. Interestingly, I found a lot of information online about this topic. The Healthline website defines bullying as harmful, targeted behavior that happens at work. This includes threats, humiliation, and other verbal abuse and overly harsh, unjust criticism. The Workplace Bullying Institute states that more than 60 million working people in the United States are affected by bullying. Obviously, this is a big enough problem to justify dedicating an institute to it. The Healthline website goes on to say that bullying can be subtle, and one way to recognize this behavior is to consider how others view what's happening. And, depending on the circumstances, if most people see the behavior as unreasonable, it can be viewed as bullying. I'd like to add another observation to this. If others see this behavior, how would it feel to them if it were directed at them? I'd like Xander to jump in now to give his perspective on how bullying may affect people in the workplace. Sure. Well, I think about, you know, from the wellness perspective, the energy that we expend when we're being bullied or if there's real or even perceived, right? Because our bodies and our minds respond to real and perceived stimulus. So emotionally, mentally, physically, how this energy expenditure is being or expenditure is being is, um, you know, it's occupying our minds. And so it could impact our productivity. It could impact our relationships with our colleagues in the workplace. We could take this stress home and it could impact our relationships at home. We might start feeling apathetic or we might even start looking for another job because we're just so unhappy in our environment. Absolutely. And as Sander just said, a lot of times we internalize these behaviors and then it is affecting us both emotionally, physically. So Xander, tell us a story that might have happened to you where bullying was involved. Well, several years ago, I was working for a state government and about 50% of my job relied on me going out into the field. And when I went out into the field, I drove a government vehicle. And so I had worked for several months under a particular manager and she was perfectly fine. Um, 
she was, you know, she trusted us to work independently and, and do our, our job. We were working with veterans who were seeking employment out in the community. And then we, um, we had a new manager come in and she was like the opposite of this other manager. She was micromanaging all of us, every little thing that we did throughout the day. And she came to me one day and she said, I don't have any, um, car insurance on file for you. And I said, well, I don't, I don't own a car. I take the public transportation to work, so I don't have car insurance. She said, well, you won't be able to drive the state vehicle unless you furnish car insurance. And I thought, well, hmm, that doesn't really make sense because I, I thought I knew that governments, you know, insured their own cars. And so I thought, well, okay, you know, um, you know, she's telling me I need it. So I call the car insurance company and they, they say, no, we don't provide insurance for government vehicles. I'm like, okay. So I went to her and I said, they said no. And she's like, well, they're wrong. I thought, okay. So then I called the fleet manager, right? The person who is in charge of the, all the cars for the whole county. And I said, um, I need to know how I can get car insurance so I can keep driving the, the state car because, you know, my, my manager is telling me that I can't do my job until I get this car insurance. And he says, no, you don't need car insurance. So this kind of kept going on and on and on. And I think she was getting more and more angry with me because I was going above her head. You know, I was challenging her authority. And then she started um, micromanaging even more my paperwork, right? My documentation, where I was if I came back from break like a minute later than everybody else. I mean, she was really on me. It was very, very unpleasant. And um, the tone she would take with me was really harsh. And so eventually the fleet manager called her and said, you know, he doesn't need car insurance. The cars are insured. But it, it, she never once came back to me and said, I'm sorry, I just put you through this one month of, you know, I won't say the word, right? But it was a difficult month. And I did start looking for another job. And ultimately, I did leave that job, even though it was a really great job. I mean, a lot of people want to work for the state government. It was a solid, secure job. But I was like, I'm not going to be able to work under her as a manager long term. Xander, um, when you, of course, what we know now, when you think back to when that happened, did it feel like bullying to you? At the time, you know, I don't think I was thinking about this idea of bullying in the workplace because I was under the impression where I think a lot of people are that bullying is something that happens to children on the school grounds, right? When you're on, on campus, middle school, high school. There's, I don't really hear people talk about bullying in college or bullying in the workplace. And so I just thought I'm being micromanaged mm-hmm. and she's impossible, right? Like I was, there was a whole nother different language for it. I didn't think of it that way, but it's in hindsight when I look at, you know, the, the way that she was treating me, the, the tone she took, the, um, restricting me from doing my job, right? Like think about a bully on a, on a school campus won't let you sit at certain tables, you know, during the lunch period, right? Like it was kind of like that, but in the workplace setting. So. Yeah. It felt, I mean, listening to your story, it felt to me like she was singling, not just singling you out. Cause obviously she was, it was affecting other people as well. You worked with, but I, I asked Xander that question because sometimes we don't think about it as being bullying, but as he said, we think of it as micromanaging. But now that we know so much more about bullying in the workplace, it, it, you know, it could come, it, it could look differently. So 
bullying can come from your boss, as Xander just demonstrated, can come from your peers, can come from your colleagues or other employees. And I've experienced workplace bullying from a boss, peer, and a direct report. When we think of how this affects our emotional wellness, it can be quite damaging. We may be stressed not only from the behavior, but from the anticipation of the behavior. We may lose sleep and over or under eat as a result. And now that we've identified workplace bullying, I'd like to tell you a story about an employee who worked for me who demonstrated bullying behavior. She had a very strong personality and cared deeply about our mission and work. I appreciated this about her. Her strong personality also intimidated others on our team, and as the manager, it was my responsibility to address it, as her teammates often complained to me. She also knew that I cared deeply about our mission and team. There were two instances that I'd like to share with you. The first was when we had our weekly team meetings with the small subgroups she worked in. She and another peer who also had a strong personality would always grab the two end seats to be at the head of the conference table. I found this behavior interesting as I knew it was a power grab by both of them. Several of her peers would be intimidated by her, especially when she grew angry. She would raise her voice and then start shaking her finger at them. When I gave her feedback on this, she told me that she never did this and was surprised to get the feedback. So, to prove my point, I asked her if we could make a pact. I told her that I would sit beside her at the very next meeting, and as soon as she started raising her voice and shaking her finger, I would lean over and quietly tell her that she's doing this and would gently grab her finger to prove my point. She absolutely agreed because she said she never did this. In the next meeting, this happened. I leaned over and whispered that she was getting angry and gently grabbed her finger and lowered it to the table. Her face got beet red and everyone in the room was silent. By stopping the behavior in progress, it proved my point. She apologized to me and the team and never did this again. The second incident occurred one morning when this same employee came up to me and got in my face, something she did often when talking with others, and excitedly asked me to bring up an issue at the morning status meeting that we had daily with other managers. She, of course, would not be part of that meeting. I told her that I would bring it up if we had time and it was appropriate. I could tell by her expression that this wasn't the answer she wanted. So I went to my meeting and she confronted me as soon as I walked back into my team to ask if I had brought up the issue. When I tried to explain that there wasn't enough time, she blew up and started screaming at me in the middle of my team. I should explain that we had an open working concept with different size cubicles, which meant that no one had a door and the walls of offices and conference rooms didn't go up to the ceiling so others could hear our conversations. I was humiliated, and in a low, calm voice, I said her name and that I wasn't going to stand in the middle of the team with her yelling at me, and if she wanted to continue this conversation, she could come to my office. I then turned around and walked to my office and sat down, never expecting her to join me. 
so I was very surprised when she came into my office and sat down. I then told her that it was clear that she didn't respect me based on how she treated me. What she said next stunned me. She started crying and said that she absolutely respected me and put me on a pedestal and that I was the best manager in our company. I told her that I was shocked because she had an odd way of expressing her respect. We then went on to discuss her communication style and how I could help her. These two experiences changed the way she worked with others in the team as well as with me, and I never had another blow up from her. I should also add that my addressing her behaviors made her more self-aware and garnered respect not only from her, but from the entire team. I want these episode examples to give you some action steps to minimize or eradicate bullying behavior. So what can you do to address and stop the behavior? My preference is to first address the behavior with the other person before going to the manager or human resources. Of course, this depends on your role, comfort level, and the culture and expectations of your organization. In the two examples I just mentioned, I was able to stop the behavior by having conversations with my employee. In all of the bullying cases I've dealt with, the other person was unaware of how he or she sounded to others. It's easy to get caught up in the moment and be unaware of your tone and voice level. Now keep in mind that the bullying behavior may not stop, but at least you've addressed the behavior. So what other tactics do you recommend, Xander, to prevent, address, and or stop bullying behavior? Well, definitely documentation, right? Putting, putting down on paper and not typing it up on your work computer, right? Putting it down on paper, sending an email to yourself, maybe through your phone or something, right? Don't, not use the company computer email for that to document place, time, person, the incident in as much detail as you can. The other thing is to think about all the different resources that are available to us in the workplace as far as elevating things to managers, going to HR, talking to an equal equal employment officer, maybe going through the EAP, right, the Employee Assistance Program, searching out for, um, you know, a wellness coach, a psychotherapist, maybe even a career coach. Um, there's also, you know, things that we can do individually to build up our resilience because part, part of what we have to figure out for ourselves is are we overreacting to something? We have to, we have to be able to differentiate between if we're being overly sensitive to something or if somebody's actually targeting us. Or we're just in a hostile work environment. And so one of the ways that we can build our own resilience is through perhaps a system like social-emotional learning where we can uh, improve our emotional intelligence through self-awareness and social awareness. We can uh, learn to communicate more effectively. So then we'll be, able to take, we'll be able to take what we're experiencing and go to that person and say, you know, th- th- this, is, this is how it feels to me or this is how it sounds to me. Because a lot of times people, they don't know how to go to a person that's um, talking to them in a certain way or treating them in a certain way that doesn't feel right. So we have to, some of us need to build up that skill set to do that. Yeah, interesting um, points. Thank you, Xander. Um, Something else that I just thought of is that, you know, when we talk about bullying behavior, 
to me, there's a pattern. There, it's not just one incident. It's not that somebody's having a bad day and they blew up. That you can see that this, it, it, as Xander just mentioned, this person just has it out for me. And there's, this person is, you know, humiliating me. Is This has happened numerous times. Um, that, to me, is different than, again, somebody just having a bad day. Would you agree? Absolutely. And this actually ties back in one particular way, it ties back to a previous podcast on boundary setting, right? Because if we're not able to identify, establish, and maintain our boundaries, then people are going to feel like it's okay for them to treat us badly, right? So it's it's like there's so many things overlaid here as far as setting boundaries, communicating effectively, having self-awareness, even recognizing how we feel about the way somebody's treating us. A lot of times people... They might even be used to being treated poorly because maybe they grew up being treated poorly. So we have to, you know, even be aware that we're not being treated fairly. Absolutely. And, and thank you for talking about setting boundaries, because in the examples that I gave with this one employee, I made it clear to her that screaming at me in the middle of my team was unacceptable. Now, I have to tell you, I spent a lot of time working on my own self to make sure that I could do that because I'd had previous experiences with people who were bullies. And so it was very effective. I and, and you probably know, you probably have heard this, when you think about customer service skills, that if somebody is yelling at you, what you do not want to do is yell back. Because now no one's listening and there was just anger. So if you calm your voice, if you slow your voice down and you're talking not in a whisper but in a, a lower tone, it calms the other person down. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, if you think about this, people are in the business to make money. And when we have bullies in the workplace, it's going to impact the bottom dollar, right? Because um, if employees become apathetic, they're going to stop working. They're going to be calling out more often, maybe, right? Taking sick days. They're going to be looking for jobs. They're going to be, um, you know, their productivity is going to go down. That's going to impact the business. So it's in the it's in the company's best interest to handle these kinds of behaviors in the workplace as quickly as possible. I mean, ultimately, there could be lawsuits. Those are very expensive. Absolutely. And, and absolutely. And this, this, these are clearly HR issues. And one of the things I wanted to add to this episode is that if you do not feel that your manager is addressing the behavior, and it may not just be targeted at you, it may be targeted at multiple people, then that is a case. And make sure you document it, as Sandra said, and make sure you go to your go to, to your manager's manager. And if you don't feel like anything is happening there, then go to human resources. And I have found in my own experiences as a manager so many times, no one ever set boundaries for the person who was the bully. And was that person, what we're doing is if we don't address the behavior, we're actually condoning the behavior and we're allowing it to continue. So by addressing that, you can put a stop to it, as I demonstrated with my examples. I mean, I I had no idea it was going to have that effect. It was pretty powerful. Um, But going back to managers, so many times people don't address bullying behavior because we, in general, we don't like conflict. And we want to avoid the conflict. So we hope 
that that person will stop doing that and we hope that this issue will go away and it doesn't go away it definitely doesn't um right people are going to go into their different responses around stressors in their environment whether it's personal or professional and so and a lot of the times i mean we're relying on managers to be the people who take care of things because you know it's their job right um, but if they're in a management position and they're conflict avoidant, that's really going to create an unhealthy workplace. Absolutely. So, Xander, thanks again for such an interesting and relevant discussion. In today's episode, Xander Kegg and I discuss bullying in the workplace and the serious effects it can have on your emotional wellness. Bullying affects more than 60 million people at work and shouldn't be taken lightly. If you are the target of bullying, then take some action to stop this behavior, as it not only affects you, but everyone around you. Please join us next month when we'll discuss diversity of thought in the workplace and how it can affect your emotional wellness. Please share my podcast with your friends and family. You can also hear me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and other major podcast directories. Thank you for listening.